an increase in coronavirus cases in Montgomery County. This is Historians Podcast, Extra Edition number 16. I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Montgomery County Executive Matt Ossenfort. Uh, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Bob. Thank you. You uh, said in the media a few days ago that you were alarmed at a spike in COVID-19 cases in uh, Montgomery County. It's a little complicated if you can sort of uh, explain as you go along. How big has been uh, the increase there? Sure. And I think the the best way to describe it is, you know, we have our briefings on Mondays and, and we really take Monday to, to look at the the previous week and, and see what has happened and see where we are. And of, through the course of this pandemic, we've been averaging about a case a day when you look at it. Um, and, you know, which our numbers, you know, two weeks ago, we're at 111 uh, total positives throughout this whole time. Um, but in that previous week, um, what we witnessed was, you know, 21 new cases. And I just got the latest numbers from Sarah Barranco uh, text to me, our public health director, and we're at 133 total right now. But when I look at most weeks and we're having six, seven, eight cases uh, tops, and then all of a sudden, you know, we have a, a, an increase of 21, which is almost three times that, that to me signals uh, that there's something going on here. And, and, and it was a, a moment to really, you know, serve as a wake-up call that, you know, we really need to not be complacent and really follow the social distancing. So, you know, really to me, it was that rate of, uh, you know, just a multiple of three of what we were used to. So that felt very different. And I felt the need to really be uh bluntly honest with the, the, the residents of the county to say, listen, this is what we're seeing, um, and we're seeing it in a variety of places. So now's the time to not be complacent and really focus on the social distancing and, and, and doing the right thing to try to help us you know, keep our numbers down. Mm-hmm. And there are various ideas about what caused the increase. Can you talk about that? Sure. And, you know, Bob, I would go so far to say they're not so much as ideas. They're, they're the facts. And when you look at, you know, our tracing efforts and you, you really track where these cases are coming from, this is not a situation like Keymark where we had, you know, in that building uh, a limited number of Montgomery County residents, but overall over 100 positives in one building. You know, that's, that's somewhat easier because you know where the problem is and you can focus on it. Here, we're seeing a whole host of issues. Graduation parties and family get-togethers, such as birthday parties, where people are having, uh, you know, uh, these gatherings, um, and you're seeing transmission. Um, also, funerals uh, is another issue, and those types of gatherings. And then, finally, um, the issue of folks uh, visiting or returning from hotspots, and you know that these are all things that, you know, we need to be mindful of and the public needs to be aware of that this is how we're seeing that transmission and uh, we need to do as, as good a job as we can uh, to try to limit these types of uh, transmissions because ultimately that'll help us stay in phase four and continue to have somewhat of a, uh, you know, uh, resemblance of, of normal rather than going backwards and having to go into shutdowns again as you're seeing all across the country. And there was one other that I, I believe I saw one of the officials cite was that you have medical professionals who work outside of Montgomery County but live in Montgomery County. 
Correct. Yes. And that is that is the the final piece there of of what we've seen. And, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot we can do about that other than continue to try to, you know, work with our nursing homes and 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 do what we can there. But, you know, ultimately, these folks are going to have to continue to go to work. They're essential workers. And, you know, um, that's a piece that there's a little bit less control of the community uh, to, to make a positive difference. And that's why I've also focused on those other issues that are related to the gatherings. But but, Bob, you hit the nail on the head that you know that that along with the other issues we discussed are are where we're seeing the boots the you know the boots on the ground making the calls are where we're seeing the infections and the positive cases so you with, with the contact tracing i mean do you know where where there's like the, the party was or the graduation party or the which funeral we're talking uh, talking about and then you're able all, to yeah all know. that you know there's two things there i mean we we do the tracing and we 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 are as good as the information we get from people um, but, you know, what I would say is it, it, it wasn't any one particular issue, and that's what concerns me. It was multiple, uh, you know, get-togethers, and everyone that needed to be called and needed to be, um, you know, uh, go through that process of being evaluated as to the risk and whether or not they need to be tested and or do they need to just pay attention for symptoms and things of that nature. Those calls have all been done, and, um, you know, the, the nurses in public health are really working hard at that, and, you know, so, so that work has been done. It's been from a variety of places, and uh, you know we've had issues in you know all across the county, and that's why you know the gatherings have become such a, mm-hmm. a big issue. And I suppose you, you could say optimistically, well, that, that was graduation, but that's over. But things keep happening, right? They're all. You know, there yeah, I mean, other- a lot of our, our destiny, as far as uh, you know, this goes, is, is in, largely in our hands, and and how we act. Uh, you know, do we do the right thing and, and wear our masks when we're in public to try to be mindful of others and protect others? Um, do we limit our gatherings? Do we limit our interactions? Um, you know, as we go forward those decisions that people make collectively as a community is going to determine our future. Um, you know, does somebody, you know, come back with from Florida and have some mild symptoms and decide, Hey, you know, I'm not going to really uh, do the 14 day quarantine uh, and then spreads the infection. Um, you know, really it is, it, it behooves the community at this point to, to really come together and try to do what we can to keep our numbers down because you know, that's, like I said earlier, that's going to allow us to, you know, continue to be able to go get a haircut and be able to have outdoor dining and some of these things that we've been able to do recently and not have it ripped away from us like it has in other states. Mm. And I will tell you, Bob, um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, as far as the region goes, and that's how we're going to move forward um, as a region, uh, all the numbers are still well below the thresholds. Um, And, you know, so we're, we're, we're looking good now. My fear is, you know, that if other counties see the types of, you know, increases that we witnessed last week, then collectively all of a sudden we're going to start to have some issues. And whether it's Oneida County, Albany County, Rensselaer County, um, you're seeing a lot of similar themes with these gatherings over the summer. Okay. And not to be uh, too negative, uh, we're approaching, I mean, we're in the middle of summer now, and typically our influenza uh, season in uh, the northern climes here in New- upstate New York uh, happens later in the year. So that makes you wonder about what's going to happen later in the year. Uh, Bob, I think we're going to be tested again later in the year. I think it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, you're going to have 
not only just the anxiety and the 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 worries of folks who come down with the flu and may think they have COVID, and but it's also you know the capacity at hospitals. You know, the more people you have in in the hospital with pneumonia and need to be in an ICU bed or need to be in a hospital bed, that reduces our numbers. And we need to remember that some of those metrics that allow us to remain in phase four are availability of ICU beds and availability of hospital beds. So I think in a whole host of ways, we are going to be challenged again when it comes to flu season. And, um, you know, I I certainly have some concerns. I think, you know, if people uh, come together and try to do the right thing, we'll we'll clearly get through it. But, you know, it's it's going to be yet another challenge. Yeah. Uh, My son lives in California, and I haven't talked to him uh, since the California authorities decided to close bars and so forth again. So um, I think that's what people are afraid of. You know, it's this kind of um, backstep who would be very uh, disheartening in addition to being a, a problem in and of itself. Yeah, and you're seeing those reports from across the country where people are, you know, whether it's a nail salon opener or a nail salon owner or a hair salon owner who has been opened, closed, opened, closed, and it's just a gut-wrenching experience. And I think that's why my message to the public is very much, you know, those short-term sacrifices, those short-term uh, decisions that are, are, are mindful of this public health uh, pandemic that we're going through will give us long-term positives. And again, that's staying in phase four and, uh, you know, uh, still having some sense of normalcy rather than having people going two, three months without a haircut. So, um, you know, I think that's why I'm really trying to get the message out there. And, and I'll, I'll say it when we have a good week, I'll, I'll, I'll say it and I'll be appreciative. Uh, but, you know, also when we have a tough week, it's my responsibility to make sure we put that out there and, and lay out what it means. And you're, you're talking about a lot of the issues. This is why, you know, th- these, these measures are in place. They're not there to try to come down on people. Mm-hmm. And we certainly don't enjoy uh, having to do the enforcement on this, but we're doing it because it's for the, the long-term health of this county and region and trying to do the best we can in our part of this effort. Now, earlier, you had called on uh, Governor Cuomo to allow for fireworks displays in Montgomery County for 4th of July, um, but that, that didn't happen, right? Well, what I was asking for is, you know, there was guidance given to New York City on doing pop-up firework displays in ways that minimize gatherings. And, you know, but we were told in our control room that, you know, there was absolutely no, no fireworks of any kind and, um you know, and people were actually being, you know, threatened with taking permits away and, and fines and things of that nature. And it just was a very uh, clear double standard. And that was where my frustration came in and said, you know what, if you can give guidance to New York City on how to try to do this safely, um, then, then we can do that. And quite frankly, what happened by not having any shows whatsoever, you know, it it turned into just fireworks everywhere uh, across this county. And, you know, so I'm not sure, you know, that was the best decision to just say no and and not have some pop-up fireworks and let people enjoy that. But I think the biggest issue was the double standard for me. Um, You know, it's we're we're up here doing the right thing, trying to follow the guidance, trying to enforce, you know, the governor's uh, executive orders. And yet, you know... um, one area is being treated differently. And then it just so happens to be the former epicenter of the entire outbreak. So there was a lot of people that were frustrated, and I felt I needed to put my uh, two cents into there on that as far as how I felt. It was more about 
the process than it was the actual fireworks displays. Um, and then, you know, a day or two later, we actually received fireworks guidance, and it was dated July 2nd. But at that point, it was too late to do any pop-up type of events. But ultimately, you know, it was another one of those, you know, issues we had to tackle. And I just felt, you know, uh, it was it was right to point out that, you know, there needs to be consistency here. And that's when one, been one of the greatest challenges. If I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, well, you, you know, the state allows a protest, but I can't get together for X, Y, and Z. The the inconsistencies in the enforcement or the guidance is what creates bigger challenges for us to enforce on a local level. And my message was more about that consistency than anything else. How has uh, Governor Cuomo been handling his duties regarding the pandemic, in your opinion? I think when you look at the, the X's and O's of what he's laid out as far as a a scientific framework to work within, um, I think it's, it's right on the money. I like the fact that we have seven metrics that we need to keep a focus on. It helps keep our region focused um, and helps us, you know, have a game plan for what we're trying to do. Um, you know, there's a lot of political stuff that's going on, and, and, and I personally am just, just tired of it. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times that stuff ends up getting a lot of headlines. But I think I think as far as the X's and O's, um, the framework, the big picture stuff on how he's handling this, I think he's done a good job. Now, you know, within that, you know, are there, you know, differences and, and things that I think could have done, been done better? Absolutely. But this is a difficult time and, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can. But I think overall, you know, having a scientific approach, um, having those metrics that, you know, we can really focus in on um, and, and is, is really what we need to do. And, um, you know, so far, so good. And that's why I think the, uh, you know, as far as Montgomery County goes, and that's why I think it's, it's important right now to stay vigilant and not become complacent. Is there anything new to report from Keymark, the aluminum product manufacturer Well, I think the newest thing to report is that they uh, have begun the process of reopening. Um, and I got to tell you, you know, while this is viewed as a, a something that would make people nervous and um, a, a certainly a problem for sure, I think, you know, uh, at least from my perspective in, in seeing the effort that went into containing and boxing in the virus in this situation, um, I actually think it's a, a pretty incredible success story. Um, the way the testing was, was brought in very quickly, the way the tracing was done very quickly, the way the owner of the business really stepped up um, and, and, you know, we even had Department of Health said that they found nothing uh, in that plant that uh, would indicate the plant was the problem. It was more so the demographics of the workers uh, and, and how they uh, socialize and commute and live and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, I think it's actually a success story on how you can have a problem, you can contain it, you can, you know, uh, box in the virus, uh, resolve that issue, and then move forward. And, uh, you know, that's what happened there. And everybody really pulled together and worked as a team, uh, you know, local officials, state officials, um, you know, people from all you know, different parts of the aisle all working together to get it done. And that was, that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's what I like to see, uh, you know, on the ground here in uh, Montgomery County. Montgomery County Executive Matt Ossenfort joins us. Let me ask you about some other uh, topics. Why was the Cuba Havana restaurant in uh, Amsterdam at the Riverfront Center named Small Business of the Month? Sure. Uh, yeah, we've we've uh, received a lot of positives about uh, that particular uh, Small Business of the Month, uh, Cuba Havana. Um, 
you know, really, we want to try to focus on restaurants um, and any small mom and pops that are having a really difficult time. Um, and it, it really is quite a story. Um, and it really, you know, it was something uh, I thought it was a great message to get out there. And, um, you know, so we, we decided to recognize uh, them and, you know, it, it was just a really good feel-good story. A lot of, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of that American dream coming from uh, Cuba at a young age and ultimately, you know, uh, opening a restaurant and sharing culture with the community. And, you know, it's it's really nice, Amsterdam. Um, you got a lot of Italian places to eat, but now there's two very good uh, Spanish restaurants in the city that can give you something different and give you a little piece of Spanish culture. And um, you have Mundo's over in Forest Avenue, and you also have uh, Cuba Havana in the Riverfront Center. And, you know, it's uh, I think more uh, it's good that more people are aware of them and go down and have some food because uh, it's really good and you know it's mm-hmm. just great to highlight these types of things. Also, uh, there's an interesting story out of Montgomery, Alabama. Um, William Rochelle from Montgomery, Alabama, started a COVID help exchange program with Montgomery County, New York. How's that been working out? Well, I, I have to tell you, this has been probably one of the most uh, heartwarming uh, experiences I've had during this entire um, pandemic. And, you know, it all started when William uh, was watching the news and when, when New York was in, in really tough spot. And, you know, it was a small gesture, but he, he sent us up a package with some gloves and a really nice message. And, you know, he's from Montgomery, Alabama, and we're Montgomery, New York. And, um, you know, it was just really thoughtful. And we ended up, uh, you know, just having some communication and you know it was just really sweet and you know we talked about him in our briefing and and he really got a kick out of that um but you know all of a sudden i was watching uh, bbc at my house and there was a representative on bbc from montgomery alabama talking about what a difficult situation they were in and i immediately thought of william and i said you know what let's send william a package um so we ended up doing that and sure enough um it got there at a good time because him and his family uh, you know, through their church, we're preparing supplies for people, and he was able to, you know, give out some of that. It wasn't a ton of things. It was just some hand sanitizer and some masks and things of that mm-hmm. nature. But, you know, it was just a gesture, um, you know, to show our, you know, that we're thinking of them as well. And, you know, it's turned into a uh, somewhat of a 21st century pen pal. And, um, huh. you know, it's making those connections, you know, across the country. People are going through the same things, but at different times. And here we are are doing a lot better and and now they're in a tough spot so it was just one of those stories that gives you a little bit more of faith in humanity and makes you feel good um about what you're doing and uh you know i I really just couldn't be more thankful for william to have come into our lives and look forward to staying in touch as we go through the next many months on a on a practical level are county offices open Yes. So um, in in various degrees of open, um, we're not doing a whole lot of uh, in-person appointments in my office, for example, but, um, you know, you have DMV that's up and running. I mean, their appointments are booked out almost, I think, into August at this point. Um, You know, for some buildings, you know, you'll... you'll, you know, call. And and then when you get here, you know, we let you in and, and, you know, we're just trying to take all the safety precautions. We are up and running. Um, It's just a little different and it's going to remain a little different. Um, So, you know, if you need, I would say uh, the best way, if anyone out there is in need of a a service from one of the county departments, the best thing to do is call an email um, and someone will help make sure that uh, you're taken care of, whether you're paying your taxes or you need to get your registration renewed or whatever it may be. 
you know, we're, we're, we're working, we're here to help, but it's just a little different because we're trying to limit the amount of people in the building and really keep track of who's coming in, who's coming out, should we have an issue and need to do that tracing. Okay. Anything else you'd like to uh, talk about today? Well, you know, one thing that I would like to talk about um, is the issue of mental health. Um, you know, I, I just heard some disturbing news from our public health director who's very, very, very concerned about some cuts to mental health programs uh, that we provide at the county. So for for people that don't know, the state provides funding to provide programs and services, and, um, you know, a lot of these things are mandated. But, you know, in particular, uh, mental health is one of those, and we're looking at a pretty big cut. I think it's about $350,000, which is ultimately going to mean that those services are not, uh, that those services are going to be cut. Now, why am I concerned about that? Because of what I'm seeing in the community. Domestic violence cases are um, very high. Uh, we've already reached the total amount of suicides at this point in, in the year, um, in July, that we had all of last year. Um, you see it in the community. I just read an article the other uh, last night about, you know, two days into the mask mandate in, I believe it was uh, Michigan, uh, you know, they had a, someone shot. You're seeing a real distress in the community, especially people who have a tough time to begin with. Now this additional stress is making it really hard. Um, you know, we're going to be reaching out to the state and ask that they, uh, you know, uh, do not cut that type of funding. And, you know, we, it's, it's, it's programs and services that we desperately need right now. Um, and, you know, we need to, in addition to fight for the funding and have the services, I, I just want to put a call out to people to, you know, take five minutes, check on your neighbor, check on your loved ones, make sure they're okay, because we're seeing on the whole, um, you know, a lot of a, a lot of issues and people are under tremendous stress and there's a lot of anxiety out there. So, um, you know, there's various hotlines and, and, and things that people can call. Um, you know, it, now's the time where we need to take care of each other and, you know, we're going to do what we can to try to keep the funding in place. But um, just wanted to make sure that's, that's put out there because uh, it's really important and, uh, you know, we get, it, it's going to help us pull together and get through this. All right. Thank you very much. You've been uh, listening to Historians Podcast Extra Edition number 16 with Montgomery County Executive Matt Ossenfort. I'm Bob Cudmore.